scale, scale, scale your business, cry the advisors. It's time to build the business. It's time to scale it. That is the drive that we have in entrepreneurship at the moment, to build the biggest business, to sell the most stuff. But is it healthy? Is it healthy to scale your business? Is it healthy? And what even are you trying to achieve when you scale? Where are you going? Why are you doing it? Join me in a different episode where we challenge the drive to scale at all costs. The extraordinary belongs to those that create it. Rebelling against business plans and debt, rebelling against what society expects of us to build cool businesses, make money, have fun and do good. Let's create something extraordinary together. Welcome to The Rebel Entrepreneur. Welcome back to the Rebel Entrepreneur Coaching Series. We've got episode six. We're back with Kim. Welcome back to the show, Kim. Thank you. Yay. (laughs) (laughs) You're back. We're back. Tell me, so it's been a while since we've spoken. What's been going on for the last month? A lot. I've been making huge transitions in my business. Yeah, big, big changes. So what are those changes? What's happened? Uh, <laughs> I love that. You tease us with a carrot of changes, but I'm not telling you. <laughs> well, <laughs> it's been really big. It's a lot to uh, try to concisely share, but essentially, you know, I've been my injured the my industry as a psychotherapist psychotherapist and have moved into coaching and have been for 15 years working one-on-one with clients and have recently decided to scale back on doing one-to-ones to trying to keep it under five one-on-ones per week max. Whereas throughout the majority of my career, I've been doing probably like between 20 and 30 one-to-ones each week. So massive change for me focusing on building the psychotherapy practice, the business that I own, and doing less one-on-one work myself. So the last month I've spent a lot of time telling clients goodbye and helping them transition to somebody new. I know it's so hard because I love my clients, but um, I need need to change things up. So emotional and but I'm also burned out of working that way. So I just, my body's just been like, nope, lady, you need to move on, find a new way to work. <laughs> 30 hours on Zoom calls can be a lot uh, each week and sitting still. Yes. So how, like, how are you recovering? Is your body recovering? Are you feeling better now you've done it? Or are you still in the process of like doing it and getting over it? It's been a process. So I got really sick in February and it became clear to me that I needed to make a change um, because I just was physically kind of forced to not work as much at that point. (laughs) And it just, it was a big wake up call. I was like, I'm not, I didn't realize how sick I was because I wasn't attending to my body. I was Mm -hmm. overdoing it and um, I just recognized I needed to 
stop before I got completely burned out to the point where I just couldn't do anything. So I started incorporating more self-care, more yoga classes, more just time to sit in quiet space. And yeah, so (laughs) I've been doing a lot of creating space. And um, sometimes that's just like sitting around and not doing anything. Sometimes it's meditation. Sometimes I'm dancing. Sometimes I'm going for hikes and walks. Um, Lots of bubble baths. I've been averaging (laughs) at least one bubble bath a day. (laughs) Sounds amazing. (laughs) Yes, it it is. And um, I didn't have the space for that before. So, and I'm a mom too. So that's a big part of my life as well, being present and available for my kids. So that's part of what prompts this need for space is being able to have the energy to be available for my kids, not just like having, I'm, I don't want to just be sitting there and like scrolling because I don't have the energy to play mm. with my children at the end of the day. So yeah, lots I know of that, um, that is, you work so hard all day long and then you kind of sit down and you go, I got nothing left. I just need to vegetate <laughs> and do something like, yeah, you end up scrolling because you don't know what else. And I actually have to catch myself nowadays. Like I know I am exhausted when I end up on Facebook or Instagram scrolling. Yeah. And actually that's the worst thing I should be doing at that point. I should go yeah. for a walk like lie on the floor quietly I don't know anything other than that but it's like the default activity that your brain is like let me escape give me some kind of like fluff to look at whilst you recover yeah it's like some numbing mechanism I just think screens are so addictive that our Mm -hmm. our brains just go to something that like feels somehow rewarding we don't even recognize the reward system that's being activated but it's it's like this crazy addiction that we're we're all sort of brainwashed and <laughs> <laughs> so, so <laughs> yeah you've put down some clients you've created mm-hmm. some space just before we move on to what you're going to do with that space what's the biggest thing you've learned out of this process i think that this might sound like really frou-frou but like spiritual trust for me has been the edge that I feel like I'm working through is like trusting that if I scale back on my work, that something better will take its place. Um, you know, I feel like that's such a scary thing to let go of something that's good in search of something that's even more aligned and fulfilling. So it's been me like breaking that belief system down that I have to hold on for dear life and hustle in order to have financial stability. That's been big for me lately. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds like a real challenge and it's slightly different, but similar experience. I'd worked for years to get high paying presentation skills, training clients, and I was paid really well, a thousand pounds a day for doing a course that I could turn up and do in my sleep. I loved it. It was great fun. And when we hit financial independence, I made the decision to let go of all of those clients to create space for life. But it was still hard because it was like I worked 10 years to find these clients and get paid really well and to launch that business. And I didn't like it was strange, like going in and saying, "Uh, it's over. Thank you. (laughs) 
yeah, it's it's so it's so strange. I mean, 15 years I've been doing the same thing and I've gotten it to a place where it's really quite nice and spacious already as it is. So when I make good money, I see clients that are motivated and excited to be there. I'm very energized by them, but it's still not serving me in the best way possible. So So now comes the question where do we go from here? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know is the answer to your question. <laughs> don't know where I'm going. No. So what I, is the plan? What do you do you have a plan or is it literally create space and then come up with the plan? Yeah, that's where I'm at right now is like create some space and come up with a plan. So at the moment you know, I have this documentary coming out in the fall. So I recognize that I want, at the very least, my website to be super clean and pretty and sending out the message that I want to be sending. But aside from that and continuing to build an audience, I don't have solid plans yet. Cool. I have so many questions and so many thoughts. Um, <laughs> cool. <laughs> let's start with a thought and then I'll go for some questions. Uh, the thought is when we as humans create space, have you heard the statement, nature abhors a vacuum? Yeah. Like if there is a space, it will be filled. Like if you have an yes. empty shelf in your house, it will get filled. Like someone will put something in it. <laughs> uh, and it will get filled and it's actually quite difficult to maintain a space the danger with that is you end up filling the space with the first thing that comes along rather mm -hmm. than the thing you actually want to do and I've been guilty of this many many times of creating <laughs> space and then just like filling it with something random rather than actually yeah consciously deciding what to do so my first thought with for you is I think now you've got some space maybe it is hold it for a little bit to work out what you actually want to do with that space yeah yeah I think that if I were to just jump into the next thing that my intellectual brain is telling me I should do next that it's probably not going to be aligned. <laughs> like it's not going to be it's not going to be a huge step forward for me and it would be a waste of all of the effort that I've already put in to make this transition. So, I do know I want to spend some time recovering from burnout because I do feel like my body is burnt out from working as hard as I have been for the last 15 years of my life and mm. you know, arguably longer. So, I do want that. And I also feel like in order to tap into kind of like my sense of spiritual alignment, that there has to be a lot of space and it has to be quiet space. So I, I'm very intentional or very invested in making sure that time is like, like I said, bubble baths, hiking, meditation, dance, journaling, just restorative, restorative activities for the short term. And then once I feel like, you know, my cup is refilled, 
then I feel like that's when I'll really authentically want to create. And from the best place in my system, like not just like a, I need to be busy and hustle so that I'm making money so that I'm not like, you know, on the brink of destruction. Yes, yes. And it, this perfectly aligns with something I've said on the podcast many times, which is the oxygen mask theory. You know, the whole thing about on the plane, they ask you to put the oxygen mask on yourself first, even though your kids are next to you and you're like, I must put it on them first. <laughs> right? yeah. You've got to put it on yourself first, otherwise you won't be able to look after them. And I th feel like that's partially what you're doing right now. I do have some financial questions. Do you have okay. an emergency fund and money to get you through the space? Do you, have you created yeah. space financially as well? Yeah, well, thankfully, the psychotherapy practice I own is going to be, I've actually made some huge changes as I've been working through all of my sort of uh, financial blocks and fears over the last year or so. I've made some really big changes with that practice, and now it's going to be providing the income we need to, you know, get by and then some. Cool. So, so you have yeah. – you have people doing the work you've passed your clients exactly. on to people and then that is providing you income and them income exactly yeah and working through a bunch of these like internal blocks has also allowed me to scale that business even more to a point where some of my psychotherapy clinicians are starting to do coaching work and starting to take over like the higher ticket work as well so that business is continuing to grow just naturally, which is really cool. So what was the biggest block you had to remove for that to, to start taking off? Concretely, I was paying $5,000 a month for an office space that we weren't using. <laughs> so, oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. I had to break the lease, which was very expensive in and of itself. But at least I'm not paying $5,000 a month for it anymore. That's tough because there's sometimes a big cost to get out of those things depending on there how was. long. Yeah, it was. Yeah, they they had me pay. Um, the, I, that was a terrible experience. I was like, gosh, you are cold-blooded. You are cold-blooded mm. human beings. They asked for um, 50K to get out of the Oof. lease. I know. Well, it was a five-year lease, so I can kind of get it. But I was like, oh, that, that's, that's, that's a lot. So, but – there's no more strings there and paying that off and moving forward. So there was five years on the lease left. There was three years left. Okay. So three I years know. left. It was 180 K of rent left. So they're like, well, we'll let you off the 180, but you've got to at least pay us that. Yeah, exactly. It's tough, isn't it? Cause I wonder how long it will take them to release it to someone else how long it'll I stay have no idea. it's interesting interesting but that know. is painful that is it was it was terrible <laughs> yeah it was <laughs> it was awful I was like you guys are just really cold but okay I was also like in the hospital at the time and it was oh they wow. were just terrible but I guess that's what happens when you end up in a corporate world and everything's focused around money you kind of lose sight of humanity and empathy it's about the contracts 
it's all about the contracts and yeah it's interesting it's interesting and there are people that will leave space uh, but the people who end up negotiating the contracts they purposefully hire people that don't have sympathy as much as maybe you and I I think I'd be really bad in that situation because I'd be like okay take your time get better come back afterwards (laughs) I would not be good at that yeah I yeah I well I don't think it's ethical and but that's a whole other conversation (laughs) it is a whole other conversation okay so we've got that sorted you've created a huge amount of space you've got the business operating your financials are okay to give you space which i love yes um yes how can i help you with the next bit about working out what to do next what to do with the time how what's the biggest thing I can do to help you? Yeah, so I I think that I'm trying to scale my business into something that feels even more ethical and aligned than the previous work that I'm doing. And I want to be able to both have time for myself, for self-care, and also be able to connect with a larger audience and provide information that's more accessible to be able to support people in a more accessible way than I have been. Because the idea of like scaling is that you keep upping your rate in order to create more space for yourself, which I think don't love you know I think it's like (laughs) (laughs) I'm trying to you know grow into something that feels even more um healthy helpful to the world I have all of this wisdom and I don't want to just stop sharing it but I want to share it in a way that doesn't feel exhausting for me and is more accessible to people to everybody the people that actually really need this information so when I say to you, you've got to scale your business, what comes to mind? Capitalism in like the not ethical way. <laughs> the like non-cool the, way. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. The the like not okay way. Mm-hmm. Well, it's interesting because it feels as though we have been trained as business owners that the next step is always scale, scale, scale. And mm-hmm. there is a huge drive amongst business people. And I don't care whether that's advisors, capitalists, uh, mastermind groups. It's like, how do you scale? How do you scale? And there's like a forced drive to scale. And my thought always is, why? Why are we scaling? Because there's nothing wrong with having a lifestyle business. And I love the term lifestyle business because... You're building a business that looks after your clients and fits your lifestyle. And you make money. You have a nice lifestyle. The customers love what you're doing. feels like the best business ever. And sometimes scaling it changes that. And it's okay to not scale. Like You do not have to. Just because the world is screaming scale doesn't mean you have to just because the world is screaming you have to spend more money you have to go on bigger holidays you have to do this do that doesn't mean you have to 
but sometimes it feels like the world screams so loudly that you're a plonker for not following what it says. <laughs> yeah. Was that a good use of the word plonker? <laughs> I don't really know what that means. I'm sorry, but I like it. That's a very I'm British start term. Using it. <laughs> I guess it means wally, uh, means like not smart. Um, okay. Yeah. Uh, wally didn't help at all. You're like, that, that one doesn't work. No. Like we're introducing a lot no. of British terms here. Like, uh, yeah, you're not the smartest tool in the box for not following the advice of the world, I guess is what I was Got saying. Yeah. I understand now. Thank you. Things are so good. Okay. <laughs> no, I'm glad because I, I think a vast like, 60, 70% of the audience is, uh, well, maybe 50 50 US and UK. Uh, yeah. And at times I am, I'm definitely deeply scarred with British heritage. Uh, <laughs> so it comes out. But what I was trying to say was there's so much pressure to do these things from yeah. society that this is the way you should do them that it feels strange to say, why am I doing this? And what do I actually yeah. really want? And I think yeah. that's the key question is what do you actually want? What what do you actually want to create? And you don't have to answer that now, but that's the real question because it could be a boutique business that makes a difference in the world that generates you a nice profit, looks after the people, and that's it. It doesn't have to be the scale, 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 grow, grow, grow. And there are, there's also <clears throat> different aspects to scale because you can scale your impact. You don't have to scale yeah. your profitability. You could scale, you don't have to scale your prices. You could scale the number of people you support. Um, <laughs> you could scale your time off. There's different things you can scale and change. It's just that word has come to mean in business circles, grow, grow, grow at the cost. Like it doesn't matter what the cost is, you're either growing or you're dying is what the uh, the trainers would say. There's a little bit of truth to that, but you you can grow in so many different ways. You can grow the quality of your service. You can grow different things. So like, yeah. how do those, I've rambled for a bit. How do those thoughts sit? <laughs> Didn't feel rambly to me at all. Felt really solid. <laughs> yeah, I I think the the a few of those items resonated. The idea of um, scaling my time off is a big thing for me right now, um, and then I think scaling my my reach. Or I think those are the two that I'm – and accessibility, which I don't know is something that is really discussed in in the realm of, like, business and scaling is, like, accessibility. But it's been hard for me the last, you know, five years of my career. I've been growing into what I've been taught to do is, like, offer higher ticket items or services, which has been lovely because it has – allowed me to create more space and to heal from all the burnout. But now I'm like, okay, I've done that. I have the space and it no longer feels aligned and ethical for me um, to only be offering that type of service. I mean, I could still do that, but also potentially 
share things to a broader audience in a more accessible way. It's really interesting you use the word accessibility. It's a word that's come into my world over the last two years, driven by Simon and the Rebel team. And they've started to talk in terms of making starting a business accessible to all. Because starting a business is not accessible to such a vast majority of the population. And the support that you get if you are well-educated, well-financed, isn't available to people who aren't those things from certain areas, certain places, demographics, backgrounds. And you try to make the help accessible to all because the right to make money doing something you enjoy should be available to anyone not just people who are born in certain neighborhoods. So it's interesting, right. that word accessible. <laughs> Thank you for explaining uh, that. That's exactly where I'm at, is I, I don't want to use my privilege just to create a greater divide between the people that have privilege and the people that don't. And then there's many ways to do that. There's offered the high-ticket items to the people who can pay and give it away to the people who can't. There's do something like I'm doing, which I created a podcast and I did that because we got to financial independence. And then I'm like, well, I no longer need to earn a fortune so I can give it away. And that was always the target. And we did the same thing with Rebel Finance School, uh, which Katie and I are running right now. And we had, we've had, I think there was like 800 people live on the first Monday and a couple of thousand watched it afterwards so we've helped like two and a half thousand people through the first week on their finances and it's unbelievable but that's our we've been scaling it to reach more people and have more impact online in a different way but there is a bit in terms of business like we've got ourselves to a very nice position where we can just do it and I'm like I don't care if I make money because that's not my aim my aim is to help people however if you're not a financial independence you have a mortgage you have kids you have to earn money like money still makes the world go round so I think there's always a balance and you've also got the oxygen mask on thing works equally for cash as for helping people and It is amazing. The people who come to Rebel Business School, I think every time I run one, there are people who have nothing and their whole focus is helping other people. Yeah. And I spend my time trying to persuade them, earn some money, put the oxygen mask on you first (laughs) so you have some money, you have some stuff around you, and then you can do more good because I think you can help more people. Like the only reason I can help two and a half thousand people through that course is because I've fixed my finances first. Totally. I completely agree with that. And it's, it's a, but that is a tough, that, you know, that is a tough thing for me in terms of understanding like privilege, because you and I both have that privilege where we can, we do have the educational background to just like keep pushing ahead and making it work, you know? So yeah, that's my hope is to, to be able to be more accessible and to be able to provide. I'm I'm not yet to financial independence, so I do feel like I do want to charge a low fee, but my hope is that if I'm reaching a larger audience that that income will look similar to what I would be doing for like a individual higher ticket client. So once I hit financial independence, I hope to also f- really want to be 
even more generous. And I hope, I hope that all happens, but I'm not there yet. So I have no idea how I'm going to feel at that point. (laughs) Do you know how many years you've got left to hit your FI target? Do you know your FI target? I do, but it's all over the place because I keep making changes. So (laughs) 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 it, it changes. It, it could be anywhere from like five to 10 years. Okay. So we've got some time left and we need to keep earning income to get to yes. that goal. Something was coming to me as you were speaking and I don't know whether this could work, but what my thought was is you've actually created a psychotherapy business and a coaching business where you've got coaches and psychotherapies who are doing the work, you're earning money from that and you've stepped back from doing the day-to-day stuff. There's no reason why we couldn't draw together the threads of this coaching series, which have been a podcast and a speaking business to work on getting you in front of a huge audience that gives away the help, but then fills up the business you've got with the coaches Mm. and for the people who can afford it. I don't see why you couldn't do that and you're making it accessible, you're giving away your knowledge, you're helping people, and then building the business that will financially support you to be able to do more of that, and the coaches you've got. So it feels like there is a way to do that. Yeah, yeah. I'm hoping like there will be different tiers of of offerings. So there's the free stuff that I offer, and then there's, you know, for people that want to go further, I have something that's a lower fee, like maybe a membership or workshops or something like that. And then, and then we have the more in-depth, intensive, shorter term processes and then one-on-one. So there's kind of like tiers of intensity and the type, I mean, just different types of offerings. I love that. Uh, as you were speaking, I was visualizing a product funnel. Have you heard of one of those things? <laughs> I have, but I don't have a funnel set up. Well, no, I, I think it's just a visual visualization to make it easier for us to understand. Um, and maybe we can make it work so it's actually set up at some stage. But I think this would be a good thing for you to think through as you're creating space and for everyone else out there to think through their business. So if we think about sort of uh, a V-shape, a V-shape funnel with a little bit at the bottom and then you've got the top. So right at the top, we've got the ways to fill the funnel which is the promotion Mm. and the marketing and all the other stuff. So we want to bring people in to our funnel. And one of the best ways to do that is the very first thing is like the huge free offer, which is I'm doing this thing for free, whatever it is. For you, it might be the podcast. It might be you could do an online talk once a month or whenever it is you could do a big thing like there's many ways to do it but what's the free offer that gets everyone excited about working with you yeah I think I have Instagram going already so I I do offer free content there and then the podcasts I'm putting together and I'm looking into some YouTube possibilities right now too cool so I think like We need to work out what that free offer is to bring people in. 
And then from the free offer, once they've done the free offer, once they've listened to the podcast, once they've done this, what's the next thing they go to? And yeah, I think. To, oh, sorry. That's your. No, yeah. that's okay. You go. You go. <laughs> I, 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 I have I, so many I think, ideas. I know. This is this is like the gift and curse of being an entrepreneur, right? Like I always have a thousand <laughs> ideas. I think that the next one that I need to do is something that is completely removes me from whatever it is. So I'm thinking probably some sort of online course or a couple little like mini courses that I can offer people that is totally record re- like pre-recorded and doesn't involve me being present at all. I love it. So I think there's there's many ways to do this and there's no right answer. So I think we should explore many versions of this. So there's this thing called Social Media Examiner, which is a podcast all about how to use social media to promote your business. And their next step down from the free thing is actually quite a high ticket item. It's a global summit that happens once a year called Social Media World. And they Mm. run the podcast all year to fill that one event. But that one event generates enough income for them to have a fabulous business. So I don't think this stuff always has to be really complex. It doesn't have to be like 15 steps down where you go from free to small thing to this to that to building It doesn't have to be that at all, but Mm -hmm. it can be depending on your accessibility piece. So it could be the free content at the top. Uh, Then it could be, I don't know, like the the free online course that people work for. And then it goes to, or maybe it is the low value item, but you might not even need the low value item. You might be able to do enough with filling the psychotherapy business and maybe some of the coaching and the other stuff to not even need... Yeah. You can give nearly everything away for free and then fill the higher value items because people just want That's to true. work with you. That's true. Yeah. I think, again, like for me, if I'm thinking about it from the like perspective of accessibility, that I still would want to provide really high quality stuff for a low fee because I do think that people do better when they invest in something, even if it's like a small fee, you know? So... I think I'd like to have something low fee and then the psychotherapy, the coaching possibilities after that. I love that. And I absolutely agree. It's far better when you charge a fee because people commit and do it. I've spent my entire business career fighting against that, trying to give things away for free. (laughs) And then finding that even when you give away the most amazing training course for free, people don't show up because they think you're a scam. Like this is, that's the bane of my life, that (laughs) stuff. Uh, So I do agree, like some kind of charging gets people into the funnel. And it might be, no, you could do it simply with a, a... an ebook that is x pounds it could x dollars it could be a course that is x it could be a community it could be anything um but i think this sounds like this is what you should think about in the space is the flow of your business from how do people find you what do they get next what do they get next do they do the one-to-one stuff 
is there a once a year retreat at the top of Kilimanjaro with Kim where you spiritually <laughs> fix us all for <laughs> 10 grand or whatever it is? Um, but that steps all the way down. Does that kind of make sense? Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And you could scale the top of the funnel to reach more people, making it more accessible that does build the business as it goes down the funnel and build the coaching business where you're not spending all your time, but you've got these incredible coaches and psychotherapists you work with to actually help people. Yeah. Yeah. I, and I still want to do some of it, but I want it to be more spacious. So yeah, that sounds amazing. Cool. Okay. So from everything we've spoken about today, what are your thoughts and feelings? Summarize where you are. You're smiling at least, so that's good. <laughs> yeah, I I think um, I love what you just said about you don't even necessarily need the middle step. Maybe it's just like you give away everything for free and then if people want to work more intensively, they can um, invest in that. So I think I'll have to sit with that and see how I feel moving forward. But I think my plan really does feel solid to take some time and space to figure out what is most aligned. And then once I have some energy back to to sit with, okay, like what do I what do I want that funnel to look like and how do I want to be part of it? Sounds like Great plan, great questions, and it sounds like we just need a bit more time to relax before we move to the next yes. step of what you're doing yes. and work out what to do. So thank you for being willing to share this because I think it's been a really interesting conversation today about different elements. And that's your homework is look after yourself. <laughs> that sounds amazing. I can do that homework. <laughs> I like that homework. <laughs> Yay. And to everyone else listening to this, I've got two takeaways for you. The first is self-care is important. If you don't look after yourself, how do you expect to have the energy to be able to look after your customers? So please look after yourself and put the oxygen mask on you first. And the second thought is that creating a funnel for your business really helps you to think of the customer's experience as they step through what you're doing. How do they first find out about you? What's the first product or service they learn about you? What's the next one they go through? And how do you keep going through those levels? And the most successful entrepreneurs are already thinking about the entire process and what the second or third sale is, not just how do I get the tension and flog them one thing, it's about how do I actually work with these people over the long term, create impact and continue to sell things that actually benefit them. So please think through what your funnel should include for your business. Thanks for listening to The Rebel Entrepreneur and go have fun. You can have any life you want to. Choose to build something cool. Choose to take action. Choose to work to make your dreams become reality. Stand out. Be different. Be yourself. Be a rebel entrepreneur.